I have to drive this particular vehicle or I have to follow this particular path to get to where I'm going. But then when you ask them, well, where are you going? They can't tell you, right? Uh, generally west. <laughs> okay, great. Um, what I've found is it's far more effective to focus on where you want to end up because then you can adjust the vehicle and the path to get you there. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast 2020, Joss Willard, an Alaskan-American in Alberta, Canada, which he describes as the Texas of Canada. Before he was a coach, he used to blow up tanks and jump out of aeroplanes for the US Army. And in this episode, we discuss how wargaming can help us, staying focused on the journey and a good reminder of why we all need to get out from behind our computer screens. A great chat with a lovely chap who has lived a rich life. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now. Or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar... I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Joss Willard, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thank you very much for coming on. Super happy to be here, man. Now you're in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I've yes. never been there. Never been there. Um, You've been pretty relaxed in the last few weeks that we've gotten to know each other. So I'd love to know, um, how come you're so relaxed and what's been your experience of this pandemic? What's going on? And um, is that anything to do with the pandemic or are you just normally this relaxed? Give me, give me I, a overview. I, that's, it's, it depends. I can, be, I can fly off the handle with the best of them. Um, so a few things. I'm actually high risk. Uh, so if I catch COVID, it's it's probably not going to be good. Um, so we've been self-isolating since uh, mid, late February, I guess, something, whenever we had to. Um, Canada has been on pretty much lockdown since mid-March, um, except that Alberta, which is kind of the Texas of Canada, um, they've been, we've been a reopening started, I think, mid-June. We're in phase two now. Um, they've actually accelerated, moved up some of the uh, some of the phase three stuff into phase two. I think phase three happens mid July. But the cool thing about Alberta is um, they started testing right away. We have we have an interesting sort of hybrid system here. Um, the healthcare system is public, but there's a lot of private support of it, and so basically all the private clinics immediately or uh, labs sorry, all the private labs immediately sent their technicians and their equipment over to help the government lab. And we were, I think the num one of the top four testing per capita places in the world for a while. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, now that being said, when we were doing that, we were doing a little over a thousand tests a day. So that tells you a lot about what the rest of the world was doing. Yeah. So. And then on a personal note, 
you're high risk. So you locked yourself away. Uh, you're working as a coach online. So what's, has anything changed really or not really? Um, yeah, it changed a bit. Like I don't have nearly as many coffee meetings. Actually, I don't have any coffee meetings now. Um, cause I used to go out and do a lot of, of face-to-face personal coaching, About half of my clients are online and scattered around the world. Uh, basically if you speak English and you have an internet connection, I can work with you. Um, but here in, in Calgary itself, all that shut down. And since I had been sick for like three months leading into this whole thing, um, I didn't really have a lot of clients <laughs> going on at the time. So I've actually picked up a bunch more clients recently in the middle of lockdown when apparently nobody's supposed to be spending money. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Funny you should say that. There are certain people who are picking up more clients now and, um, I guess that's good news. Um, it shows that people have actually hashtag pivoted, um, <laughs> et cetera, but also that, that people are still spending money. Like that's a, that's a lesson, um, we're learning, you know, the people with money are, are still spending it in some ways more than they ever have done. Absolutely. I've got one client who works with auto dealerships and he says the last month has been like record setting month for every auto dealership that, that he works with. It's ridiculous. People are buying cars. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. And I'm speaking to you on a day that I've just got rid of mine. Um, so yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I'll buy another one. Okay. So um, I had all these questions, Joss, and they just don't, I'm not sure how relevant they are, but how, so let, well, let's continue. Let's continue on the theme of with the people that you're working with and, and the people around you, how are you seeing that they've been getting through this whole thing? Uh, it's been a, it's been a bit of a mix. Like in Canada, you've had um, what we call the curb or CERB, um, basically checks, right? The government's, the government's giving you money. So a fair number of people have been able to hunker down and just depend on that, that government income. Um, but a lot of my clients outside of Canada, um, they've been doing things. They've been doing the side hustle or, um, some of them, uh, their business is online. So it hasn't affected them that much. I think the biggest thing that has been a challenge for most people has just been staying sane. Like, especially in the United States, people are just losing their damn minds. And, uh, you know, for, for good reason or not is beside the point. It's, there's so much like outrage and stress and anxiety and fear. And even if you don't get involved in it, I mean, I know people who have been in effect cowering behind their keyboards and what I've found that gives them the best uh, way to recover from that is a little bit of, of stoicism actually, Um, but it's unplugging a bit and it's, it's looking at what can you control and you know, the things you can't control plan for the best, you know, um, do some war gaming as it were in your head, you know, what if this, what would I do? All right. I figured out as much as I can uh, to handle it. I think I've got a a plan or at least an idea of a plan. Um, and then close it down and like go out and walk in the park or look at the sea or, you know, go to the mountains, whatever happens to be closest and you can do without having other people breathe on you. Good answer. Tell me about war gaming. Cause you sound like you're a man who understands a bit about war. 
<laughs> a little bit. I spent a little bit of time in the U.S. Army. I was trained to blow up tanks and jump out of airplanes. Um, I got to pretend to be a force, no, three-star general once for a while. That was fun. A special forces general, actually. That was during a war game. Um, but really, when I talk about war gaming here, um, it's just planning. It's, it's doing what the military does, which is to say, if X were to happen, what would our response be? How would we do it? And then imagining and sort of playing it out, um, even to the point of role-playing if you have to, right? Getting um, on a call with somebody or um, having a conversation with, with someone in your house or your office and just going, okay, what would we do if we ran across this? What would we do if we ran into that? Um, you may or may not actually do those things, but your brain likes to take pre-built pathways when it's trying to get from, from A to B. And when you are surprised emotionally um, or suddenly thrust into an emotional situation, your brain takes shortcuts. That's just what we do automatically. So if you pre-build those shortcuts by doing the wargaming and pre-thinking, this is what I would do. This is why the military, when they train, they do, it's, the outcome is less important to a certain extent than following the process because they want your brain to know step A, step B, step C, step D, because when everything is coming down on you, you don't have time to think, how do I do this again? You want your body to just automatically respond. And so the same thing happens if you're trying to deal with what's coming in life or what's coming in business. You want to have an idea of what do we do if A happens? What do we do if B happens? So that it becomes an automatic response. Um, not to the point where you're not thinking at all, but to the point where it frees your brain up to look around and assess how is this actual situation different than what we were planning or pretending on and how do I adjust? So then how does all of that stuff translate into today? We're, I was asking early in this um, podcast that I decided to start, you know, what does the other side look like and, and all of that stuff. Now we're kind of fully in it and possibly on the other side and possibly, you know, coming down a hill or maybe about to go up another spike and no one really knows what's going on. Um, how, how are you helping your clients and plan? How are you, how are you putting this into what your life looks like today now that you're not jumping out of airplanes? <laughs> um, I tried not to jump out of too many airplanes. Uh, I do want to, I do want to jump out of more, uh, really though, with, with, with my clients, it's, it's focusing on a few things. Number one, usually my clients, we will get very clear on where they want to end up. Right. Um, which yeah. this whole COVID thing and everything else going on has disrupted a lot of those pictures for people. And so Oftentimes what it is, let's sit down, let's take a look at what that picture looks like. You know, what we were looking, what we were looking to accomplish five years from now, how does what's going on right now affect that? Right. Do we need to adjust? It's, it's focusing on what steps can we take? What can we control in order to again, arrive at our final destination? One of the biggest challenges that people run into is everyone gets really, really locked into this concept of I have to drive this particular vehicle or I have to follow this particular path to get to where I'm going. But then when you ask them, well, where are you going? They can't tell you, right? Uh, generally West. <laughs> okay, great. Um, what I've found is it's far more effective 
to focus on where you want to end up because then you can adjust the vehicle and the path to get you there, right? Like if you, if you ever go traveling and you, you talk to a travel agent or even if you go, you know, log on to your friendly neighborhood um, travel booking site, they ask you two questions first. Where are you? And where do you want to go? After that, then they can tell you which, if it's an airplane or if it's renting a car or whatever the case might be, um, then you can adjust that, right? And so when you're on your path to where you want to go, when stuff like COVID comes up, that's a detour. We have to adjust the path and adjust, okay, maybe we need to take a different vehicle or maybe we need to, to detour around this giant sinkhole of crap um, to get to where we want to go. Love that. I love that. And there in lies the title of this podcast. Thank you very much. Giant sinkhole where, of crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, where are you and where do you want to go? I think it's going to be absolutely ah. perfect. Um, that's great, man. Okay. So any specifics about without revealing identities, how are you helping your clients right now? <sighs> For a lot of them, it's, it's going back to that. Um, I have a background that includes some counseling. So some, some of it is actually going back and, and just calming him down. Um, and then focusing on, all right, uh, do you need more sales? Great. Let's talk about how to get more sales. Um, do you have a system in place to handle those sales? Like, do we need to, um, do we need to change how you're delivering? There are a lot of folks who have never been busier in their lives than they are right now because they're in transportation, for example, and all of a sudden they had to hire 20 new drivers for trucks. Well, how do we deal with that, right? When half the people are not even sure they can go out and go to work. Um, there's, I don't deal with, with retail clients. I, I work primarily with service providers, um, specifically coaches a lot. Um, and so, I do still have some brick and mortar businesses that I work with. Um, and the challenges are different. If you're for my online clients or my clients that can work from their home offices, it's more about how do I work from home when I have kids running around screaming outside or I need to do homeschooling? Um, how do I work from home when I don't have my office here? I've got my laptop and my kitchen table. Um, how do I adjust to that? How do I adjust to not having set work hours? Like, you know, people who are used to being in the office at 9 a.m., coming home at 5 or 8 or 10, <laughs> depending on how they live their lives. Yeah. Um, because when you come home and you're working from your home office, you can get to go up and go to the kitchen and fix yourself a sandwich when you're feeling hungry, right? Those types of things. So how do you deal with those distractions? So there's been a fair amount of helping with that. Um, and then there's been, how do I market to people without feeling sleazy or slimy? Um, or like I'm taking advantage of you know, what's going on. Like I had, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I deal with a lot of that coaching world. And so I got emails from coaches like three days into lockdown where all of a sudden they were selling survival equipment and trainings for how to deal with stress. Just like, what are you doing, man? You're a, you're you're like a, a marketing coach. You teach people how to use Facebook ads. And now you're suddenly telling me how to buy guns and dig trenches in my backyard and, and bury MREs and, and food supplies under my basement. What? Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. People like now we're going to panic. Yeah. Um, there was, um, yeah, it's been some interesting stuff. Hasn't there looking back on it, people's reactions. 
absolutely right though the conversation has been about how do you how do you continue to do your marketing let people know your your stuff is relevant and you're hireable and you're available and please hire me but not looking uh doing it in an ethical way and also not looking desperate because no one wants to hire anyone who's desperate for money right so yep. it's really tough um and just listening to you speak then as well and i don't know if this is an edit point as well sorry team. that's okay but you were talking about um planning and helping people to uh, you know maybe scale up their team because they are busy just reminded me of um mm-hmm. reading the goal by eli goldratt goldratt do you know that I think I've read a summary of it. I don't, I've never actually read the book. It's about Toyota, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it was written in a kind of story form with a bit of romance around it. It's a bizarre business book, but it's, it's really good. It's really good. Very memorable cool. because he kind of made it into a, is he going to have an affair with his secretary or not? It's quite, <laughs> quite, it's quite a... You know, that has destroyed more businesses though, so... No shit. And in fact, yeah, maybe that's why I put it in there. Um, okay, so what's next? What is next? What's next for you, Joss? Uh, for me, I've, um, I've done a... It's not a pivot, but I have finally um, made a decision to move forward with something that I've been avoiding for a long time. Um, I for a long time would not throw my hat into the ring and openly work with coaches. Like a lot of my clients, I work quietly off on the side, behind the scenes, whatever, but I would never stand out and say, um, yep, I'm here to serve coaches because I look at the coaching industry, which is a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, and I see all of the shysters and bros and, uh, some well-meaning people who just don't know what the hell they're doing, but a lot of people who've just gone, Hey, you know what? This market of people who are coaches, uh, they don't make a ton of money. The average coach makes like 30 grand a year, but they'll find money because they believe in self-improvement and because they're desperate to get whatever it is that they do out to other people. So you've got these people who are convincing, you know, well-meaning coaches to go 10, 20, $30,000 in debt to buy this course that is supposed to help them create a six, seven, eight figure coaching business. Um, and it doesn't. Right. And so these people are just dying left, right. And center. And I, I just like, I didn't want to be part of that slime. I was afraid of getting that slime on me. And finally during this whole thing is I'm still helping the clients that I, that I have that exist some of my mentors and some of the people that, that I've been talking to be like, Joss, coaches need you. It's like, because all that crap is out there, they right. need you. They need the fact that you care about people, right? That you care about coaches. And, and I care about their clients because the thing is the average coach, like good coach, I mean, someone who's a good coach is a terrible business owner. And so they wind up going out of business in like six, 12, maybe they last a year and a half, right? Six, 12 months, 18 at the at the most because they can't make it work or they stay part-time. They work their day job and they play small and they only help people that are their friends and they charge them like 50 bucks or they don't charge them anything at all because they're afraid to do that. And so what happens is all these people out here who need good coaches, they can't find them because the only time you get a good coach 
is if you happen to be lucky enough to intersect with a good coach before they've gone out of business. And the problem is those good coaches, you don't get a good coach because that good coach is so often stressed out and freaked out about the fact that they don't have enough money and that they might be going out of business next month that they can't actually show up for their client the way that they're supposed to, right? And so I want to see all of those people who need great coaches get great coaches because their only options are a coach who's panicked and going out of business or someone who's a decent business owner that found a coaching system or found a particular tool and learned how to market it, but they're really not a great coach because while most great coaches are lousy business owners, most great business owners are lousy coaches. Right. So I've been both. I've been the lousy coach sleeping on my office floor. (laughs) I've been the coach making six figures. Um, I've had the, the practice that I want. Um, and I've been in business. I've done corporate turnarounds. I've done, I've helped any number of, let's see, actually it's not any number. It's a specific number. I just don't remember what that number is. It's several hundred small businesses. And by small business, that's $25 million a year in revenue or less turn themselves around and become profitable, right? So I've done that. So I've done both. And I've taken the business stuff that isn't actually built for coaches because coaching practices have different needs. It's really tough to scale a coaching practice unless you don't want to be a coach anymore and you just want to sell products, right? So I've taken a lot of that stuff and put my own experience in it, applied it to my coach, uh, coaching clients, the people that I've had experience helping. And finally put together the program that I think is actually going to help good coaches make good money by helping good people. So I call it profit for coaches. It's, it's going to, it's fun. We're we did a soft launch here. I think Friday, um, we'll be doing more, uh, in the next month. So that's next steps for me is moving into doing what I do, but doing it with the people that I'm supposed to be doing it with. Amen. And you've invested heavily in yourself. I've yeah. watched you do that from the inside, if if you'll excuse the expression. Um, and it's yeah, it's great. You've you've done you've done the work and it's it's good to learn more about your background. There's certainly a fear for me. Uh, I was <laughs> talking to uh talking to my partner the other day that I'm like, you know, we just co- it's it's like every everything seems to be coaching coaches who coach coaches to coach coaches like that's yep. so much of that going on and it's just a bit weird um and within there there are some great people but they've just not defined you know who who it is there for and and they're probably not charging enough you know yeah, no. there's a lot of that going on as well right so it's yeah. it's it's yeah you're here because well, you're here because I absolutely know you've invested in yourself and you know what you're doing um, because that's how we met. But also, um, you know, you're, you're bringing it all together and I think it's important that people go and visit your website and check you out. Um, what's been, what's happened in your lockdown isolation world that you've looked around and have been really impressed by? Other than me. Obviously. Other than you, I was going to say that was the first place I was going to go. Um, I think one of the things that, that has impressed me is in some parts of the world, and that includes, surprisingly, parts of North America. I live in Canada. I, I grew up in the United States, so I watch both. Um, people are 
starting to step into themselves a bit, which is a really lame life coaching expression. But um, never ever want to hear you say that again. But come on. <laughs> um, I didn't say step into their greatness or release their inner goddess. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. We just need to package it differently. Um, I love life coaches. It's people are willing to actually express who they are a bit more, right? They're willing to um, go on their social media and and or just um, how they they market themselves and just be a little bit more open about this is who I am. This is who I serve. This is what I believe in. I'm a strong believer. Like one of my core mission, well, not mission. One of my core value statements is that I believe you should make your decisions based on your values, not your bank account and not what everybody else around you thinks. Right. Um, I think the easiest way to do that is to have a full bank account. Um, So I try to teach people how to do that, but when people compromise their values, which we've been doing a lot over the last 10, 15 years, especially in North America, when people compromise their values because they're afraid of, of getting yelled at, getting screamed at, or of offending potential clients, right? Um, they, less of them shows up. They shrink. They hide. And it starts winding up where they'll start wondering who they are and if the things that are important to them are actually important um, or if maybe they are a bad person, right? And I don't care what your political beliefs are. I don't care what your actual values are. When you compromise them because you're afraid of someone won't want to work with you or someone won't want to pay you money um, or someone just won't want to be your friend anymore, that just leads down a bad road. And what I see right now is while some people are screaming and losing their minds, and again, on all sides of the political spectrum, other people are starting to go, you know what? I, I don't agree with that. Um, I'm willing to have a conversation with people that, that don't agree with me. And this is what I stand for. And if you don't like what I stand for, that's okay. I will just work with people that, that do like what I stand for. And so seeing more of that recently has been um, refreshing and almost a relief for me. Right. It's like just a weight comes up and she's like, huh, oh yeah, I'm I'm not the only person who feels like I can just that that I that it's okay to do that. Right. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a good answer. There's been so many things. You know, we started this uh started this podcast, called it Crisis Cast because of COVID. And then, mm-hmm. you know, other shit's been going down. <laughs> um so 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 yeah, and that of course has translated in the conversations we've all been having. You know, it's not just about putting a mask on and all of that stuff. It's about um, Black Lives Matter. It's about what's happening with the environment. It's about you know your local statue being torn down, if that's okay, and all the stuff related to all the other protests. There's so much going on, um, but the good stuff, absolutely, is watching people stand up for for what they believe in broadly. Broadly, it's okay. And be willing to do it in a way that isn't screaming at the top of your bloody lungs in somebody's face, Mm -hmm. right? It's being able to say, you know what? This is what I stand for. I'm not, I'm firm in what I stand for. I'm not going to compromise what I stand for, but I'm willing to talk to you about what you stand for and what that means for the world, right? Um, Yes, there's a lot of screaming going on, and that's what's driving people nuts. Like you look on your social media feeds, you watch the news, and, and, you know, like I said, statues coming down. Somebody 
I think in Portland, I, they, they set a statue of a deer on fire. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. I don't know enough about the story to comment. Um, but like that type of stuff is going on, but behind that, you have people who are going, I'm not going to go out in the street and burn statues down, but I'm willing to have a conversation. Right. And I think that's the, the good thing. Yeah. And I've been really grateful to be part of those conversations with you, Joss, you know, just not, not necessarily every, every single time we, we speak, but, um, but it's been a really valuable experience for me to have that group, you know, that we're both in, uh, and listening to people. I think that's been just awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, man. So where, where can we find you? What, what's next? Like in terms of, I, I like this guy. He sounds cool. And he's in Calgary of all places. I live in yep. Calgary. Maybe I don't live in Calgary. Maybe I just like the idea of an American who lives in Canada, who's been, and let's, I'm going to do this in the intro, but you know, you've done some stuff, man. You've lived a life. You're the kind of person I want coaching me, right? You're someone who's been jumping out of airplanes, who's been counseling people, who's been um, helping people turn their businesses around, uh, been wargaming, been doing all sorts of stuff. And so that's, it's not necessarily that someone would want a coach who's coached for a thousand hours or 10,000 hours. Uh, it, it's, it's that people want someone who's seen a bit of the world and you are an American who's seen a bit of the world. And that's, that's a relatively rare thing. Yeah. It's, I, <laughs> I spent some time in New York city when I was younger and met a lot of people who their whole family through generations have never left a six block radius of New York city, except to make the annual pilgrimage to Yankee stadium or Shea stadium or the Meadowlands to watch a football game. Um, and it's just like, how, like, I don't, I don't understand. It's like, I grew up, most of my growing up years were in Alaska, which is two thirds the size of the rest of the United States and has, what is it? 600,000 people in it. And so I, I just never could wrap my head around the idea of not going and seeing the world. There's a whole lot more of the world that I want to see. I, I want to go when, when it's, when it's sane and safe and, and not burning down anymore, I definitely want to go hit your neck of the woods and Europe. Um, but uh, I want to see the med. Never been there. Um, I've seen the Pacific. I've seen the Atlantic. I've swum in both. Uh, I've been in Asia, but, uh, but I haven't seen Europe yet, but it's, it's, I think you have to experience things in life and you don't necessarily have to get on an airplane or a boat or a train and travel necessarily to experience other things, but you do need to get out from behind your computer and you need to interact with other human beings and you need to be open to the idea of what's different, right? What is yeah. I, like, I'm, I, I got to understand there are foods. I'm a picky eater. There are foods I don't like, lots of foods I don't like. And I'm lactose intolerant and a bunch of other things now. So that, that makes it harder. But I can taste something and go, wow, this is a really good example of a well-done version of something I don't like. Right? Not that it's terrible. It's just I don't like sushi. 
you know, or whatever the, whatever the case may be. And I think that's a key. If you can, if you can get into the world and say, I'm willing to experience this and recognize that, you know what, that's actually, that's not a bad thing. I just don't like it. And then let it live. Yeah. Sushi. I like sushi. That's all I'm going to say. I was going to make a, make a joke about sushi. I don't want to really eat living sushi, but I'm happy with it being raw. Um, yeah, man. Well, look, you're welcome here anytime. And, um, and um, I'll get out the bed. Is it behind um, the drum kit? Yeah, can you imagine? Could be, could be. Um, thank you, mate. Thanks for talking. I hope we've sort of covered some stuff. I think we have. I What I want is for people to feel like they have the measure of the person I'm talking to, which I think I hope they do. Um, and I was just listening to you there and thinking about the Derek Sivers interview that I heard. Do you know about him? A little bit. He, he was saying that he was listening to an audio book of a, someone, uh, some sort of language learning audio book. Right. And he was walking in his garden feeling really like locked in and because of mm. lockdown and then realizing, you know, actually I'm traveling the world every day because I'm listening to this and I'm, and I'm talking to people on Zoom who are on the other side of the world. And it's so cool, you know. And yep. equally, in normal times, I could spend, can't, can't remember the numbers, but, you know, let's say, you know, five weeks planning my trip and, you know, 24 hours, you know, getting to the destination, doing this selfie in the marketplace and then not really talking to anyone there, you know, just mm -hmm. going, look, I'm here. And then, you know, going back. And actually, if you want to engage in other cultures and discover other stuff, just need to start having conversations with people and this absolutely and this has been just an absolute staple of what i'll remember about this time is that i bothered to get off my own ass and start a podcast even though i've been behind so many others and uh and i've been talking to people all over the world and it's just made me feel not isolated you know yeah um yeah so so thank you for taking me to calgary it looks remarkably like um, London from where you're sat, but uh, you know it could be anywhere, of course. Yep. Well, I'll take you out to. The, I'm going out to the mountains later today, so uh, I'll take some pictures. You can see what it looks like. Okay, I'll I'll, up, I'll upload those to the, to the page <laughs> where people will find. What's your website again, Joss? Uh, profitforcoaches.com. That's spelled out F-O-R. I know it's everybody likes to use the numbers these days, but it's. It's just profitforcoaches.com. Good man. And you are a certified profit first coach. Yep. And you're certified a profit first coach. professional, certified book yourself solid coach. Um, I got a number, number of other uh, fun certifications and stuff because, you know, for a while I was a certification collector because why not? It's fun to have things to put on your wall. Good man. Do we have, do we have something for a book yourself solid coach to put on our walls? Um, I, you can print out the, the cool ah. little badge with the with the stick figure guy it's not enough i need more i'm gonna ask for more <laughs> great man good to talk to you thanks joss thanks Zoe. this episode of crisis cast 2020 was produced by me in london and kate astrakhan in michigan with artwork by ryan field and sound design by lee turner Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar, if you're feeling pod-curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com.